And we're back live again, another Monday uh, podcast. Yeah. We were off last week because Jeff was in at the beach. Yep. We'll get to more on that to tomorrow's podcast. But uh, today we're talking hockey. So Jeff and I are yeah. here. Uh, the second time in less than a week that I've done just one with you and then one with Brian. <laughs> it's so funny. It it feels like a lot longer than just a week since we've podcasted. It feels like three weeks almost. Yeah. I don't know why uh, it just does. Yeah, it's just that kind of thing. You were also away yeah. for a while, too. That's true. You yeah. were at Danny's, so. and then you went to the beach. So that's probably yeah, why. Yes, that, okay. That's so. why. Yeah, that makes sense now. Because you were away yeah. for like two weeks, then there. But then beach anyways, for a week, yeah. yeah. We'll so, get to more you, of that tomorrow. Oh. Today, it's hockey. Yes, sir. Uh, like you mentioned, it's a hockey podcast. We have a lot to talk about today. And I think this is going to be our most eventful podcast, uh, hockey podcast, I should say, in quite some time. Um, kind of breaking down the lineup here for you guys. We got the Max, uh, Max Kellerman comments. We'll go on a little tangent there. Uh, we got the NHL Trophy candidates uh, for this year's awards. Uh, we are going to deep go uh, dig a little bit deeper on one particular trophy, the Rocket Richard Trophy between Alexander Ovechkin and David Pasternak. We have an interesting um, topic to discuss about John Gibson, the Anaheim Ducks goalie. We'll get into more of that later. And then uh, we have an NHL poll that SiriusXM NHL Radio tweeted out earlier today uh, that it's, you know, what would you want for your franchise? And it gives four great options. We're going to break that down and uh, give our own opinions, but also kind of, you know, try to make a, uh, an argument for all four cases. And last but not least, um, we are going to rank, uh, we're only doing 16 or at least 15 or 16 of the, 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 the goalies, but uh, the NHL will be posted about uh, ranking the goalies in the 2014 playoffs. So again, we're only going to do about 15 or 16, but uh, we're going to give our thoughts and opinions and kind of like, just like with NHL drafts or redrafts, I should say, we're going to rearrange uh, in the order that we personally think would be the best. Yes. Um, but with that, oh, let's yeah. first start out with a rant, and then we can get – actually. Yeah. We can Go do ahead, a rant. Dude. Do the rant first, then we can get All right. other stuff. <laughs> so so for, if you for haven't this, heard, yeah. this is back, I think, maybe two weeks ago. or, in, or um, just, just about – June 15th today. It was like one of the first couple of days of June that yeah. this happened. But uh, Max Kellerman doesn't seem to be a biggest fan of uh, hockey – um, no. You know, the guy who spends most of his time following boxing, that's lost popularity out of the last yeah. maybe 20 years. But he was saying yeah. in his little spiel, uh, saying how NHL wasn't one of the four, four major, major sports. sports. And obviously you're entitled to your opinion and whatever. And yep. Obviously got my sports that I don't really pay attention to or don't really care that much about. Um, again, I'll probably talk more about that tomorrow. But um, uh, he was just kind of going off and how it wasn't. He, I guess it was the, the discussion they were talking about on their uh, show was talking about, uh, I guess I think it was just the negotiation and the MLB and everything about TV revenue, all that kind of yep. stuff. And he was saying pretty much that not much revenue comes from the NHL's TV kind of deals. Not only that, but one of the main quotes that he said, and I have it right here from uh, NewYorkPost.com, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey, Kellerman was saying. 
the old joke is in every town there's 20,000 hockey fans and they all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out. The TV ratings don't do anything. It's not one of the four major uh, team sports, end quote. So to me, right away, I saw this and I just laughed. The fact that he's considering the NHL a, not a, uh, one of the four major sports is an absolute joke. Yeah. And I even kind of ranted a little bit on Twitter. I said, Max, stick to a different sport. You clearly have no idea what you're talking about. And then to back up what I was mentioning, um, according to NBC Sports, and I provided it a link last year, the top 10 markets are all American. And to prove my point, um, so on NBC Sports Group's, uh, sorry, NBC Sports Group, PressBox.com, there is a way you can view the amount of viewership um, in, in, in basically the top markets. Um, and this was the 2018-2019 season from NBC slash, uh, so NBC, NBC, SN, and then both of them combined. So I'm going to start with NBC <clears throat> in uh, going from 10 to 1, it's Nashville, Washington, Vegas, Philly, Chicago, number 5, Minneapolis, 4, Providence, 3, Buffalo, 2, St. Louis, 1, Pittsburgh, NBCSM, Boston, Chicago, Nashville, Providence, Minneapolis, Tampa Bay, or Tampa, St. Louis, Vegas, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. And then if you combine those two together, the top 10 are Washington and Boston, Nashville, Chicago, Providence, Tampa, Minneapolis, St. Louis, Las Vegas, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. So you can't tell anyone that you don't think that anyone in the United States of America care, does not care about hockey. Clearly they do. And you clearly don't understand what you're talking about when it comes to hockey. Stick to other sports like boxing. Stick to what you are considered good at, even though you're probably not doing a very good job in my opinion because you're just a clown and but again he's also doing this because you know there's nothing else to talk about he just wants to get people riled up and then not only that but he just wants attention and that's all this really is so i'm not i'm trying to make it a short rant because i don't want to give this clown any more attention than than should but again he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to hockey stick to other sports stick to the ones that you know max move on yeah, I almost didn't want to give him the recognition. That's why I never sent out a tweet or anything. Right. It was like, yeah. <coughs> it's so hard not to ignore a ridiculous statement. Mm-hmm. But it, um, it's absurd. Just when was the the rest that you rest, uh, that was last season's ratings? Yeah, that, that literally was last season's. Twenty nineteen twenty or eighteen nineteen? A- eighteen nineteen. Okay, so this one. A uh, little thing I saw from the hockeywriters.com. They were talking about this is back in October when yeah. the season started hell. The ratings exploded for TV <coughs> ratings um, on opening night. Um, and this is from an NBC Sports uh, PR uh, tweet from that time. It said NBC Sports average a combined 0.46 overnight rating for last night's two faceoff games, which was the Capitals versus Blue Jackets, or sorry. Capitals versus Blues and Sharks versus Golden Knights, up 12, 12% from last year's. Um, and uh, NHL TV Buzz kind of did a little shot at him, uh, looking at all the revenues from the four major uh, NFLs, uh, $15 billion plus, uh, MLB's $10 billion, 8.5 for NBA, and NHL's at four at $5.1 billion, above MLS's $1.2 billion. So, 
And relatively, since they are one of the four major sports, that yes, they are the four. I will admit to that. That is absolutely the case. Um, that's never been a debate, really ever. I'm pretty sure any NHL fan will probably say, "Yeah, that's number four. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and then, so not only fans and analysts were the only ones that were annoyed by Kellerman's comments. He even ticked off some players. Claude Drew, the Flyers captain, tweeted out saying, "I don't want to hurt your feelings, but settle down, Max." And he, you know, even tagged him. Um, uh, let's see, your former uh, GM, defensive Islanders coach Mike Milbury tweeted out, "Hockey is alive and well, Max Kellerman." The MLB only has a steady viewership because men over the age of 70 use it as a sleep remedy. I prefer vodka. <laughs> People love this sport around the world, something neither the NFL nor the MLB can say. Just ask Charles Barkley about their playoff. Um, they, it is probably the best playoffs right there with oh, MLB. Hands so down. It's a tie for me. The hardest trophy to win out there is the Stanley Cup. Uh, you have to go world through series. four rounds of seven-plus games, you know, World or, sorry, no, I, I'd say games. the World Series is harder, but that's just me. And, and that's fair, you know. Because uh, you again, have to, like, outside of the already 162 games you have to play, then you have to. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But again, hockey, there's yes. a lot of hitting. So, so I, I, you can make that's an argument. Thing, too, that's sides. what I was going to bring up as well. I think what really changed, and even though I know you're not the biggest fan of Gary Bettman, and not really in the hockey community, is that much a big fan but he has done a good job of growing yes. the sport if you have he to really has some credit for something There's right a, like he's been around for this long he's yes. trying to grow it as much as he can he did the first professional sports team in vegas and look how big that's been that's yeah. been a not only that but the success, I think, success some of, the of the team rings, has really helped with that yeah some and of the now and there yeah nhl coming back soon hopefully yeah uh, That'll help absolutely people who don't follow it that much. Also, there's those people who not taking anything away from them, would only be watching it because of the hitting and fights mm-hmm. and everything. There's people Plus, I know that watch it for those reasons. Yeah. They want to watch it for the fights and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And but, even but then for again, the longest time that has been in the sport, but it has drastically gone down. It's died down. Yeah. I want to say since because we did all those redrafts since mm-hmm. probably 10 or 11. Obviously, there's better and worse drafts in those. But since then, the NHL has gone to skill, speed, kind of players coming out. It's been more players like that, um, more franchise players. Yes. I'd, say, I'd say this, too, more than any other sport. When the Crosbys, the Tays, the Canes, those guys all, Kessel, Mulkin, when those guys all kind of eventually move on, I don't think there's mm-hmm. going to be a big drop-off. Because I think no, and then that's a nice thing. Good enough so that you don't <clears throat> lose anything from those guys eventually retiring. Right, because and, and, and I'd you say that some... more than any other of the four sports. I think no, for sure. Prepared or most prepared for it. No, absolutely, Mike, and that was very well said. And and uh, no, I, no, I agree with you because look at all the very young talent. You have Connor McDavid, you have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nikita Kucherov, still relatively young, I think, up there. You have. Uh, Alex Debrinkit of Chicago. So we're going to talk about later. He's only 26. John Gibson. Yeah, John Gibson. Yeah, you have Thatcher Demko, Evan Kiver, Quinn Hughes. You have Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon. You have every uh, year. There's Tyson and this upcoming draft Matthew is supposed Joe. to be above average. Uh, first two rounds, I think. 
the first time. Yeah. Um, so, so again, it's when it comes to all of this. Though, and now it's, saying that every player that's going to come out first overall, yeah. first round are going to be groundbreaking guys like I know, of course, David or, or maybe Jack yeah. Eichel's another. Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, I'd say they're going to be more like um, uh, Jack Hughes. They might yeah. take a little more time, but they'll still get there. No, for sure. Um, we'll get yeah, Jack Hughes is another one. Yeah. We'll get to more of that later because that kind of goes yeah. with the but, kind of you want to build off of. Right. So uh, that's all I have about Max Kellerman. I yeah. Just, uh, I, yeah, I don't want to give him too much. Later. Exactly. Um, all right. So our next topic that we kind of wanted to briefly touch about just is – Just give you guys some updates on everything that's kind of – Yes. Yeah, no, thank the, you. And the league um, and the process of coming back. Um, I believe I heard this correctly that um, mm-hmm. they have not. There's they're going to do two hub cities, but they didn't narrow it down to uh, get came up with one, which I don't think is much of a surprise. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I guess in Vegas is going to be the one host city, most likely for the Western Conference, which means the next one, if I had to guess, would be in on the Eastern. Yeah. portion um i'm probably with mitch and he thinks it's probably going to be columbus i kind of agree with him on that that'd be interesting but um, but again then again because there's other cities how there's columbus, great that would be Pittsburgh, for the city Toronto. yeah think about how great that would be for columbus though if they were at one of the up cities mm-hmm. um but the only if, thing so, that would suck is if those teams kind of go kind of far because there's then that kind of home ice even there's no yeah place. yeah um so pierre lebron tweeted out an hour ago uh, two tweets i want to mention uh, the first one being, as of this morning, none of the 10 angel organizations on the Hub City list have been told that they're out. Not yet. Anyway, the impending Canadian federal government decision on quarantine likely looms large on the yeah. cut-down process from the NHL. Also important to note, NHLPA is in the loop on the Hub City process. The decision will be made in conjunction with input from the players. Point being, this is not the league just saying here are the two cities. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, think it's, actually, it's even better because if you want to compare it to the NBA, which is in the same situation, they're mm-hmm. doing the 22 team, which in my opinion is kind of weird, 22 teams. Nine, yeah. One, the other, not going to get too much into that. But they're doing one host city for 22 teams. That's a lot of teams in one kind Oof, of no. one location. I, 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 I really a, don't think that's a good idea. I know it's a big location, but at least the NHL sake, even though it's 24 teams, you're at least splitting it up 12 ways. On each yes. Side. And later on, you can deal with however you want to do the travel for when it comes exactly. to but not only Stanley Cup. Right. But not only that, though, uh, but like once they're done playing, I think, what is it? Isn't the qualifying round a best of five? Yeah. Yeah. And so once they're done playing the best of I think there's going to be two um, exhibition games for each team. Oh, I, I like that. I think that would be very fair, and I think that'd be great. I think it's just like um, a random draw who you get. I think but right. I think here's it, the here's the, the other thing. In your hub city, if if they do stick out the exhibition games and everything, I'm assuming, and they would again, hence the term exhibition, that anyone who scores or anything like that, those stats don't count for Obviously. the season. Right. Okay. The I, I just want to make that the clear. preseason stats count for anything. No. No. That's why I find it funny when the one preseason game where uh, Sandheim scored twice on Longquist, yeah. I think it was, people were just, uh, comparing it to other stats. Like, it doesn't count. That's yeah. great, but it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so anyway, so 
the, yeah, the hub cities though, uh, I, I know two of them, well, well, one of them being is, is Toronto potentially. And Columbus I think, rumored, yeah, and I think Columbus, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vegas, of course, um, I know Vancouver, some of the more Western, but I don't think they're going to want two yeah. Western cities. No. Um, well, we'll see what happens. But but again, so That's once a good the, sign. We're getting closer. I think it's July 10th yeah. or whatever they're going to try to open. It's for training yeah, camp training or something. Good. Yeah. Um, I still – yeah, so – and then the other point I wanted to bring up was, like, but once again, once those, uh, the qualifying rounds are over, you have what six teams at least go home. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, some, something like I don't know the exact numbers, but but you know, so six teams already go home, so that's less teams to worry about mm-hmm. um, in the both hub cities, which is great. So yeah. so again, I think that the way they're handling this is a and lot better than I initially expected. There's something I did want to talk about that I just remembered. It was something mm-hmm. that you re quote like you quote retweeted and said something too. It was like someone saying how. NHL was going to do like in the later conference or Stanley Cup rounds that they're going to want to do fans and something like that. I remember you responding uh, to that. or I forget when it was, but I think it was like a week or two ago. Let me take a look. Let me scroll down and see if we can find it. Uh, well, so th- this is um, just one of I don't think it the... was any kind of Gotcha. Uh, Reliable but, source saying it, but I just remember you yeah. seeing it. I'm like, that doesn't make sense at all. There's no way. Right. Uh, but on before, while I continue to look for that, uh, one of the things that um, I, I did want to bring up, because it, it's an NHL public relations uh, Twitter page tweeted this out four days ago. They agreed on opening date for formal training camps, as we were just talking about. Uh, they announced the other day that formal training camps aka phase three for the 24 teams resuming play will open up on july 10th provided that medical and safety conditions allowed and the parties have reached an overall agreement on resuming play the length of training camp and therefore the start date uh, for I formal resumption was, of play phase four will be determined at a future date sorry mike go ahead it was something you replied it off of dan silver's tweet uh june 6th Darn it. Hold on, let me get back. I'm trying to remember what it was. June 6th. Yeah, that was a little bit ago. Just, I just go to your tweets and respo- uh, replies. I just, I'm just on my phone and I did it quickly that way. Oh, this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. All right, ready for this? Mm-hmm. So Dan Silver, you know, he's a great guy and everything, and he's one of the, uh, one of the guys that, you know, I trust and everything. Um, he tweeted out, can Eklund be right just once? Because this would be amazing. Just imagine the Flyers get there, the atmosphere of fans finally being allowed, and it would be incredible. What he was talking about was this post by Eklund saying, I'm hearing very strongly, as he put very in all caps, Although there are still so many variables that unless there's a major outbreak of the virus, the NHL is extremely helpful to be able to hold the conference finals and the cup final as they have in the past. 
in the team cities with fans, even if that means the fans sitting socially distanced. I said, as much as I would love for this to be true, I'm not buying it. Just like I'm waiting to hear from a legitimate and reliable source about Oscar Lindblom, I'm waiting for a reliable source to tell us about this. Because it's true. Like, he he literally, for Eklund, you know, he, again, he might seem like he could be the nicest guy in the world. I, I don't know him personally, but based on his past, with his past tweets and his past, past rumors, it's all talk. It's all flack. It's not, almost none of it is true. He just wants people to, at least it seems, he just wants people to talk about his site and also just, I don't know. So, again, I'm just waiting to see kind of things, see what happens. I highly doubt that the NHL would allow that. Once they, they already decided on one hub city, once the hub cities are decided, that's where they're playing. Exactly. I don't care what the NHL wants to do. I don't, that's not going to happen because I kind of talked about this a little bit with Brian and that yeah. short podcast that we were able to do. Um, you missed a very good random one. But, um, oh, man. But in that, I was, because that was a similar thing I brought up on there because, like, that doesn't make any sense because, even if you go, not just NHL, if you go to like a Wings game or whatever, uh, the indoor box across team in Philadelphia, um, even they who at most, let's say, do maybe 9,000 fans, have you walked? Yeah. Even if you do sit people socially distance every two seats, every other seat, we were, we were at the last uh, Flyers yeah. game. They're, they're really close to each other. Literally, like, in the concourse, yeah. you know how close you are in the concourse. Even if you kind of block off a path, you walk this Ooh. way, you walk that way. It's Good really luck. Hard. You're also not uh, counting who's responsible for tailgaters. Yeah, I know it's not really huge. I don't really think in hockey, but this is just yeah. like a sports wipe thing that people kind of have to think about too when they reopen when it comes to sporting events. There's that option too. There's that obstacle too. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see fans for a, a little bit. No, I, I honestly, I don't think we'll see fans at least till 2021, if that. Yeah. yeah, which I think they're going to try to hope for a January 1st start to next season for the NHL. Yeah, and again, so this is my problem really quickly because I know I'm going to go on a large rant about this, and I don't want to because I just want to – because, again, we have got a lot to talk about. But really quickly, I will say this. No matter what happens this year, it's going to affect next year because by the time the season gets done, whenever they resume play, they could be looking at October, November maybe. And then you got to worry about, all right, well, obviously everyone kind of needs a break from hockey or at least the teams that make it far. So give them, you know, like, and then Batman was saying um, that they're, that he wants to get all 82 games in. Um, and if you do all 82 games starting in January, that's going to have an even bigger effect. And then we're just literally every, ever Every season, we're just pushing back further and further and further. We're saying we might that. as well have this hockey season starts in January and go from there. Now, again, it, it might like not that. be a right. It, it might not. Be if a you bad really idea. think about it, if you really think about it, that's actually kind of a smart thing because there's no way because nobody cares about the NHL the first couple months of the season when it starts in October because you're battling with college football and the NFL. I mean, I do, but I know you do, but nobody most else people will. aren't like me. If you start. <laughs> 
in January where NFL season's running down, NBA still kicking or whatever, and you go to August. Then the college yeah. football is, yeah. You get a good chunk of those people. You might lose it a bit for March Madness, but mm-hmm. you do that already. True. And you start in the start of the baseball season, nobody really cares about that either. But if you get that, that's not that bad. If you go January to August, because then when you finish the NHL season, if you're a football fan, then the full season would start shortly after. I don't mind it that much. Okay. If, it, if it had to come down to us, that NHL starting in January, I think that's actually a good thing. It could potentially be a good thing for the league because you could potentially get more viewership that way. That, that, that's an interesting point there, Mike. And, and you know, I'm definitely glad you brought it up. viewership already goes up more so in the second half of the season than the first half. Just yeah, because it's sports that are going playoffs. Off. Yeah. yeah. And that too. Others, yeah. But that's the only reason why I would uh, think that's a good idea. Okay. But I can see why fa- if that is kind of a voted on thing if that happens. I could see why. Yeah. Could be some but uh, again, I just really think that no, no matter what, this year is going to affect next year's. And mm-hmm. they start in January. That's going to just keep affecting the season yeah, exactly. until they get everything mm-hmm. like fixed. Yeah. So that's just what I think. Yeah. That's um, all, all right. the kind of updates and news kind yeah. of around the league. Um, Moving on to the next topic, it's the NHL awards uh, candidates and everything. There's a this couple is, awards that yeah. we already know and can say that are done. The William, well, um, then again, because I'm thinking about it, will the round robin count towards those stats or no? Or is that just like technically, because it's technically playoffs, you know? Right. So, 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 so again, all of this is technically playoffs because so Not it's really. the they're playing to the playoffs. Well, right? uh, again, the play plans to get in the playoffs, but still, like, uh, but for example, though, uh, whenever Boston plays or Washington plays, let's say if Pasternak or Ovechkin gets a goal, which they more like most likely will should that count towards their stats and their lead for goals or no, because that's, again, that's technically the playoffs. Okay. It's technically I, I, the playoffs. Okay. And that's why I figured I just Any had to point, it out The there. season's already done. No points that are coming out of, if I had to guess, no points that are coming out of whatever comes out of these 24 mm-hmm. team play-ins, playoffs, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. not going to affect season stats. Okay. Season's already over. They already said season's over. Moving on. To okay. Playoffs, so. Cool. Even though not technically playoffs, they it, are it's technically playoffs. Uh, okay, I, I just had to throw it out there. Anyway, so the, the the awards that we know are official. The Art Ross goes to Leon Drysaddle for 110 points. Uh, congratulations, crazy year if for Drysaddle. He's probably gonna win the heart. So that that is a great guess, um, and he's very well deserving. Um, the way he William, destroyed this year, and you can't oh say God. it's because of Connor McDavid either. Because when Connor he was, out. was out for a little bit, he was still playing really well. Yeah, so and, that's and why. Also, yeah, that's why Kucherov has always been uh, never up there for winning it because they say, "Oh, he's with Stamkos." There's Stamp always Coast, some yeah. reasoning why someone says, "Oh, it's this he's yeah. playing with this guy," so that doesn't make sense now. Yeah. But, <laughs> Even though I think uh, Dave will probably be not a finalist, but he'll probably be a runner runner up because mm-hmm. it's Connor McDavid and he's still really, really good. Yes. Um the William Jennings Award goes to uh the Boston Bruins for Yaroslav Halak and Tugarask. 
They'd only given up 167 goals or 2.39 goals against per game. That's pretty dang good. Uh, the President's Trophy to Boston. They had 100 points in 70 games. Considering the fact that there were still, what, 12 more games? Yeah, something like that. If, if they went on a huge run, they could have ended up as high as Tampa Bay last year, pretty much. Uh, so that, that was crazy. All right, so here's where things get interesting. Um, you have the Vesna Trophy. So some of the top candidates could you could so again I don't know if there's a list for candidates out there already or if people are just again like like you said they're voting uh, or sorry the last candidates. day to uh, final deadlines at five. Hmm? The deadlines at five tonight. Oh, so there you go. Five this evening for people to vote on it. Uh, vote on time, awards. Yeah. Um. So if I had a guess, you could easily throw in Tukarask and Connor mm-hmm. Hellebuck. Tukarask um, had the highest goals against this past season. Uh, Kudobin had the highest save percentage with Tuka in second. Uh, okay. Tuka was also second in shutouts. So if I had to guess, Tuka's winning it. Yeah, Connor Buck had the most shutouts, but there you go. I'm not gonna give it yeah. to him. This guy's yeah. Uh, all right. Connor so... Hart actually um, was uh, near the top in goals against this uh, season. As so as uh, like a a lower goals eighth. against he was eighth with a two point four two. That's damn. That's pretty good for a young kid too. Only a point one difference from Christian Christian Jari two point four three. Jars, nice. Um. All right. So uh, Ooh, we Jeff have. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So probably. There's a couple big ones. I want to uh, wait towards the end, but the next one I get want to go to is the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. You could eat. I think the two finalists Qu- right away. It's it's either Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, or who could be a third finalist. Uh, you could argue if Dominic you're going Kubalik. Off of NHL's list. I think they said uh, no. Elvis was on the list, but I know they put out a list not mm-hmm. too long ago. Elvis. Um. um but so I I definitely agree. It's, you could put Kubalik in there. Clean. He was third. Yeah, so I, I think um, right. I think it's going to be Kubalik, Makar, and Hughes for the finalists. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Hughes or Makar, most right. likely Quinn. If Hughes. I had to say, it's Hughes. It, it has to be Hughes. I mean, Kel Makar has had a phenomenal season, but Quinn Hughes has had just in a complete elite season. That it's only is ridiculous. His good enough for rookie defenseman. He is. Mm. Fifth league wise in defenseman with his 53 points. Wow, and for going up of points, but um, there's Makar other... has 50 points in 57 games, including 19 on the power play, four game winning goals, plus 12 rating. That's pretty dang good, too. Yeah. Um, so it, it's got to be, it, it's got it's more, most likely going to be Quinn Hughes, but I you could definitely argue for uh, Kale McCarr as well. Yeah, you could. That's between uh, then, those two. Yes, I think it's uh, the sharp, Norris. There's a sharp drop off after that. Yes. The, oh, absolutely. Uh, Norris Trophy for um, basically you know the the best defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, you could argue John. Carl- I would. Points I was going to say John Carlson, maybe I'm Ro- not gonna Roman Yossi. I, I think there's more to just points for a defenseman. I think you. Yeah. I can't think you. I don't think you can just base who's the best defenseman just on 
the amount of points they get. There's other factors as well. Right. Because um, again, like if if you were to base if, it off if of it was, points, uh, I think it. This is who my three would be, and I don't know who would win it, but I'm going to say Carlson, Yossi, or Hedman. Those mm. would probably be my three. I don't know who would win it. My guess would be, if I had to guess, just because a lot of it is kind of based on points or wins, sometimes for Vesna, um, it would probably be yeah. John Carlson. I, I could see Carlson winning it. Again, not just because he has a lot of points, but also he's a very good defenseman mm-hmm. defensively. Like he's maybe done a lot. Mention, maybe an honorable mention for Petrangelo. Yeah, Petro has done quite a bit for St. Louis. Um this year, so, um, so I, I could he, see that too. Yeah, yeah, I could see it. Um, do you want to go to Vesna, or did we? Do um, oh no, we did Vesna. Never mind. Uh, the Hart Trophy. Hart Trophy. So Hart Trophy, you got to throw in Leon Jarsettle there. Uh, yeah. The I'm, guy is phenomenal. Hands down. Hands down. Um, so not only obviously he won the Art Ross for most points, 110. So he had he was fourth in goals with 43, first in assists with 67. Um, first in power play points. So he definitely is a rightful finalist for the heart. Um, I'm sure you could throw in Connor McDavid because he's Connor McDavid. He does you can throw a things. A lot of the, I would throw a lot in, of the Ranger success came from Panarin. Yes, Artemi well. Panarin. And also Mika's advantage, but it's more so Panarin. Um, so I, if, if I had to make a finalist, it would be Dreisaitl, Panarin, and honestly Nathan McKinnon. Okay. I'd put Pasty up there too. And, and Pasternak too. Like, there's so many good finalists for mm-hmm. the Vez. Oh, sorry, I keep saying Vezna. For the Hart Trophy, it's very difficult think, to pick this year. I'd like to see McDavid in the finalists, but I don't think they're going to have him there. I think he'll be. I don't think up. so. So, so again, it, it's really up to Pasternak, um, Dreisaitl, uh, uh, McKinnon. Um, and who, who's the, some of the other guys we just said? Pasternak, McKinnon, Pasternak, uh, Panarin. So really, any of those four, uh, I could see winning it. And, and again, they all are very but deserving the heart, of the, the heart, heart trophy. trophy. Is for the MVP and the team, the person that did the most for their team throughout the year. You could argue Panarin then. Yes, that's what, that's who I was going to make the. Yeah. As a finalist, he's not going to win it because I think it's the Andrei Sartle. Yeah, um, I, I think I think it could be. He'll get the little ding from people because of Connor McDavid. It's just going to happen when you're playing with Connor McDavid. Yes. Um, even though I'm sure sure there's thing he played for a little bit without him, and he, he played like 15 games without him, I think. Yeah, and he still did well. I'm pretty sure they weren't he, even. He almost, did almost there even was a better. Couple games where I don't even think they were on the same line. So. Yeah. Um. But I think he almost did better without him somehow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's a heart. Um. All right, so now we got the Selkie. It's got to be Sean Couturier. I think so too. But uh, Coots, he he he's got to win it this year. Mm-hmm. If he does not win it this year, that's going to be ridiculous. He's having another fantastic year. As always, you can throw in Anze Kopitar and pro- more so Patrice Bergeron over Kopitar because LA has been awful this year. Um, I'm not putting, I'm not putting Kopitar in there because of that reason. And, and that's fair. You know, again, he's you know he might be having a solid season, but LA clearly has not. Um, oh, I put uh, Ryan O'Reilly in there. O'Reilly, yeah, no, that's a great pick there. So really, the finals could probably be O'Reilly, 
Coots, uh, and uh, Bergeron. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really hope that Coots rightfully deserves, to, uh, uh, rightfully gets his Selkie this year because he's been. If a, it's based uh, on what the halfway yeah. awards that were coming out said, he was the winner, and he played just as well after that. So I have to believe it's him. It, it it's gotta be him. I'm tired of him not getting the Selkie because he's a dominating two way forward and great at shutting down the top players, great at winning faceoffs. Mm-hmm. He's just he, he's he's almost a complete player there, honestly. He is a complete player. I really think so, yeah. Because it was a while ago we I can't remember if we if we can make the argument that uh Katoria was an elite player or something like that, or just not yet or I forget mm-hmm. what our topic was, but now we're talking about that. All right, so two of my favorites that yes. I really can't wait for uh, this year, and two I also expect not only finalists but potential winners, both members of the Philadelphia Flyers. And for we'll start Jack Adams, Elaine Vigneault, you have to throw him in there. Yeah, if you're, this is um, why we brought it up anyways, is because Andrew.com did a little, I guess, poll on their writers or whatever, and yeah. He, Came up on top for their poll, and that's their whole reason why I kind of went on this little. They were thinking of doing this topic, um, which kind of surprised me a bit. Um, but I, I see why. I if I had to put two out there, I'd say it's between uh, him and Tortorella. Because look at how yes, look at where I guess yeah, look at what Tortorella, Tortorella had to do losing all the people he did last year and. Realistically, Still, if it was regular playoffs, here. even though they probably would have missed it, um, they're technically in it, not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and the Flyers, they are solely in the playoffs. Yes. After last year's debacle and everything, you've fired both your GM and your coach. Um, you might thought you may have had something in uh, uh, Scott right now. I was credited what his name was. The coach that replaced uh, Haxtell, the replacement that's the Phantoms coach. Oh, yeah. Um, Scott Gordon. Scott Gordon, yeah. You're, you're thinking of Dave Scott, the, the one yep. Comcast dude. Yep. You remembered his name. I'm proud of you. Yeah, but some people might have thought he was going to get in rightfully show. It went to Elaine Vigneault, and we've done a plenty of podcasts where we have said how he thought, how well he's done. Yeah, I, um, I I'd say he's more deserved. I'd say he's more deserving than Chuck Fletcher. I wouldn't even do these awards if I had to put money on it. He'd probably be the one flyer if I had it. Yeah, maybe not. I'd probably put more money on Couturier, but out of him and Fletcher, I'd put money on him winning it over Fletcher. Or better. Yeah, no, that, that I agree with. But the, the, the other one, though, is um, uh, well, so before we and go to the year. And also, you have to put this too, as that. Um, how quickly they took onto a system. Yeah. There was never absolutely. a big fall off. The Blue Jackets, the reason why I want to put Tortorella first is because um, they were hurt. Yeah. They were hurt. Big time. But they were hurt, big but they were also um, were falling off. They mm. started off pretty well, kind of shaky too, but they just never really sparked and then kind of struggled near the end. Andrews didn't help much there. Um, 
Yeah, but now they're going to get a bunch of players back, just like everyone is. So, yeah. um, but uh, so before we move on so to the team of the year, so we have series. John Tortorella and uh, Elaine Vigneault as two out of our three finalists. If you could name one more finalist, who would it be? Um, one second. I don't know if you could argue someone like Jared Bednar from Colorado, Bruce Cassidy from Boston. Um, oh, yeah, you can easily argue Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, uh, and, and he's a hell of a coach. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, talk from uh, for Arizona. Nah. Can maybe throw anything? I'm just trying to think who else. Um, oh, so these were the guys, Mike Sullivan. Uh, but the NHL list, these were the four names that came up there. Elaine Vigneault, mm-hmm. 59. Mike Sullivan, 56. John Torella, 44. Dave Tippett, 32. Um, and Charlie actually responded to that tweet and I actually agree with them. Why, uh, let's face it, Pittsburgh probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't Sullivan. Have, I'd have him as maybe a finalist, but not winning it. is because they actually did worse as they got healthier. Which is very bizarre because you wouldn't think that no. as a team as good as Pittsburgh, when they're healthy, you would think they're good. Not when they're injured, they're better. Yeah, <laughs> That makes no sense. Uh, so I get that. I'd still put him as a finalist. So my finals would be Sullivan, uh, Torts, Torts, and Vigneault. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Torts and Vigneault. I think Cassidy. Sullivan... If he's Ca- not, you have to put Bruce Cassidy in there just because look at what that team did. They right. Had most points and everything. So, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll go Cassidy, Torts, and Vigneault. Okay. Um, all right. So, GM of the year, you have obviously Chuck Fletcher, who's a great candidate or potential finalist. Um, put him I, I think His, he, could... I, he did solid moves, but they weren't flashy moves. Not flashy right. enough moves for me to say you win the award. Right. But to be fair, though, look at what he did do during the offseason. He got great uh, veterans like uh, Matt Niskanen. He got Justin Braun, who started slow, but he's, you know, turned out a lot better than expected. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, I thought that was the move of the offseason for the Flyers. He, he provides a lot of depth, a lot Niskanen, of speed. I'd say Niskanen was more so. And, and, and that's right. Sorry, uh, not, not the move of the offseason. Sorry, let me rephrase. It was the most underrated move of the um, offseason in Tyler Pitt. Like the, mo- the the best move was getting Matt Niskanen. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the trade deadline, you can argue too, as a reasoning for him because he got Derek Grant, he got Nate Thompson, two guys that provide. Those are guys guys. that you wouldn't say are really anything. And realistically, mm-hmm. if you don't resign next year, it's not the biggest of right. losses. But they're guys that down the stretch are key players. They're, they have playoff experience. But not even that. They're just they're good at uh, killing penalties. They're good in the clutch or not really clutch situations, but in those type of situations where you need as many. Or I guess Chuck Fletcher wanted when it as I want as many tools in the arsenal for when it comes down to playoff time. And absolutely, and even at the game you we were out to, the first two in the PK were uh, Sean Couturier and uh, Nate Thompson. Yeah. Even though Nate Thompson was the person that was writing off as not being in the lineup, it might, unfortunately, eh, no, maybe not. 
I don't know who's going to come out. Someone's going to have to come out. Though. I, I think I think it will be Thompson. Um, you know, and, and again, like, I don't, like, think, it I don't, I don't think it is just because of what he will be able to bring. But at, at right. the same time, again, he could bring a lot. Um, but again, we'll we'll see because yeah. um, at the same time, he's really just like a fourth be, line center yeah. for right now, just to fill in a depth guy for someone who's injured. Also, but, but we're again, used to Fenyo, where he changes the lineup every <laughs> yeah. yeah so the so, two exhibition games are actually key if that is true i believe it is though that actually um, is a good point we'll, we'll see what happens with them because the those that's makes it even better because there's even there's two games where you can at least get some kind of action in there mm-hmm. um you can at least do everyone's got heart in one and elliot in the other i would that would be a smart smart move change the lineups one way or the other Mm-hmm. Um, or just so, like have, have it um, the four games that they would be playing or how many games they play against the uh, first seedings don't really matter too much they do matter but they don't um, yeah uh, realistically there's another stance where you can see the lineup change here and there yeah that's where I um, see a big number of carousel between the, the third D pair and everything but Back to so, awards. Anyway, back to the GM of the Year award. So we were talking about Chuck Fletcher. I think Chuck Fletcher could at least be a finalist. I'm yeah. not saying he's going to win it, but I think he deserves to be a finalist. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think someone else out there could – you could argue for sure is Drew Sackick and or Steve Eisenman. Steve Eisenman. What did he do? Oh, I'm sorry, not Eisenman. Um, uh, sorry, talking – uh, Ken Holland. Oh, okay. I'm not. The, I'm not the biggest fan of Ken Holland, but he he did a lot. He got rid of Lucic's contract. Um, he brought in James Neal, who's been very productive. More so, well, basically the most productive he's been in in years since Vegas. Um, he got a good Actually, tr- contract for Darnell Nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he acquired Andreas Athanasio, uh, and and Tyler Ennis for speed. I feel like you might be David. the most. I think that out of Everyone I know, you're the most, or I've seen, is the highest. You're, you give him the most praise than anyone I really know. So, or yeah. Uh, again, like uh, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Kenny Holland, but no, not, I meant Anthony Seo. Oh, oh, oh Anthony. Yeah, no, I, I love Anthony Seo. The, the kid, he's very young and everything, and uh, he's got a lot of speed. I think there's a couple issues that because again, when, when he was with Detroit before he signed one more contract with them with them before they ended up trading him eventually. He wasn't really I, I don't know if he wasn't happy in Detroit or what, but there's some sort of contract issues there. And he was gonna go uh, play in like another like league or something. But yeah, I don't know. Uh he he is tremendous talent. He's like explosive speed and everything. And uh, I, 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 I think yeah, I, I, I think he, you know, he has what it takes to be a top six forward for sure, and um, on the right team, and um, you know, I, I, I think, I think he's worth keeping. So, but th- those are just some GM names I want to throw out there. Be, uh, gonna be able to. He's yeah, already, and, and, he already is right now. He's an RFA at the end of the year, but he's already at three million dollars. He's probably gonna want more or just about, just about as much. Probably and the um, are very close to the cap, so even though there still has to be that whole thing situation. Yeah. So here's my question for you, then, Mike. Uh, who, who are your GM of the year finalists? 
Um, I just put Joe Zack out there. Yep. I put Dave Haxwell. Not Dave Haxwell. Wow. Wow. Fletcher. Um, I might even put uh Don Waddell in Carolina. Okay, for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they did quite a bit. They do, even though they got rid of what's his face during the offseason. They're one defensive. I love what's his face. Lewis. Uh, Falk. Oh, yeah, Justin Falk. I, I, I still think to, that was a mistake. I don't think it is. The defense is already good. They have a great defense. It could have been even better with Falk, but again, he, he is kind of their expensive. Defense, so. Yeah, their defense is already good enough without him that mm-hmm. This playoffs and game that they have to play, it's going to be interesting to see how Rod Brindamore and Don Waddell play. Uh, who they start in their back six? Because yeah. you have Dougie Hamilton, who's good. Jacob Slavin, who's pretty good. Uh, Brady Shea, who's not the best, but he's okay. Good third liner. Uh, Jake Gardner, Joel Eric Edmondson, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk can get still give you a good. That game. that is a. Very good depth defense and, core right there. And Hayden Fleury. He was still very young. So that's really one of the best defense cores in the league, in my opinion. The guy from um, Trocek from the uh, Panthers. Panthers, yep. So, they still have Nando Niederreiter from last year. Nando Niederreiter. I mean, I think they kind of struggle without having Justin Williams in the lineup for a while. I think that's why, probably why. Yeah. Good bet there. They kind of struggled. Um, and Justin Williams, too, because Justin Williams should learn don't come into the season even when you're 38, halfway through the year, you're not gonna start out well. Yeah, oops. Um, all right, so there's that, and I think that but was the, the last Mark, award. It, yeah, let's go to the rocket Richard, and it can kind of, yes, get us into thank the you. Next kind of topic. So, both Alexander Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. And Dave Proshnock mm-hmm. are tied currently for goals. <laughs> yes, for goals. And so let's see here. They each have forty-eight. Forty-eight. Thank you. They've each have forty-eight. So Ovechkin did it in sixty-eight games played. Pasternak did it in 70 games played. The problem, and, and Austin Matthews had 47, but obviously he's not in the running anymore. So Pasternak here's my Pasternak also had more points. So that's true. So here's my question. So right there. now, the way it's looking, and how I saw it, at least uh, according to something from the league, or, or something like that, uh, some sort of analyst, I think they were saying that that uh, Ovechkin and Pasternak would just share the Rocket Richard Trophy. How do you feel about that? I don't like that. I, think I don't be either one, because the Rocket Richard Trophy... be one winner of the trophy. I get that they yes. won. They both had the most amount of goals, but... I'd there say... has to be some sort of... You know, whatever. Uh, way to do the tiebreaker. Exactly. So, so again, like... Um, and that's you why I was asking... Based early... on who had more points, who... Who did it in last games? Um, who did it more or like better points per game kind of thing? Yeah. There's a lot of um, factors that could go into it. You can postpone that one to the playoffs, put those in there, but that could also get you some backlash because if I had to guess, Boston would probably go farther than Washington, which means Poshnak could end up having more points than Ovechkin, but 
Took my chance. I can't throw my way. Yep. But if I had to guess, it's going to be Pasternak. And that's that's fair. It's just how do you come up with a legitimate and reasonable way to determine who – if you go the route of um, just having one Rocket Richard winner, which, again, should only be one Rocket Richard winner um, for most goals. But, again, how do you determine that? I really think that – because, again, that's why I was uh, saying earlier in our podcast, Mike, that um, you know whether it's like doing like the the, the round robin for the the Caps and, and the Bruins for something like that, where each game that they play will will Pasta and Ovechkin's uh, goals count, or should they not count? Kind of, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out there because how else are you going to determine who is going to win the Roger Richard Trophy? I don't know. There's going to be no easy way to be able to do it. I'd yeah, if they do a tie, but I would tell. I think, but by the end of the day, they it. might just stick with a tie because they don't know realistically how to figure it out. Right. So, um, all right. I still, so, I still sticking with it's going to be pressure knock. Yeah, that's fair. Um, man, I don't know. I, I it's, I, 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 you know, what? I'll, I'll go Ovi. I'll go Ovi. Go different. I'm going different. So, uh, on to our next topic. If you're done with this one, Mike. Mm-hmm. All right. So at the beginning of the, the uh, podcast here, we were talking about um, a fun little topic. We kind of came up with. Uh, when did we come up with this topic? Th- this was like within the last week or so. I don't even know how we came up with days. it, but yeah. a couple of days ago, and and we were discussing. When John Gibson, or, you know, so again, the basically the discussion. Oh, is I know about, what it came up. Um, that uh, fifteen goal, sixteen sweet sixteen goalies in the twenty-two, and we said if, if it was because you weren't sure if it was league-wise or if it was just in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's it was right. League-wise, then obviously they missed a goalie. That's why yeah, I was talking the, about John Gibson and everything. Because realistically right. speaking, I do believe he is the best goalie playing right now. Yeah. Fortunately, he's playing on the Ducks. In Anaheim. Yeah. And they but, are not you know, very he's good. Had, he's been in the playoffs. He's been in there four times, I believe. I said, or looked it up. And I already forget. Yeah. So this year, uh, Gibson, in 51 games played and started, he was 20, 26, and 5. Uh, he had a .904 save percentage. A Three goal, three point zero zero goals against average, um, and not, only one shutout. So again, not, not his great, best, but, but you not to, his best year. You have to also put into this as well the team that's in front of him. The goalie can only do so much if your team struggles. Yeah, and at the beginning of the year, the Ducks were struggling a lot. They weren't great. Um, yeah, and I was right. It's uh, he played four times in the playoffs, started only one of them, seventeen, eighteen. Well, I guess he did play in the other ones, but uh, they got swept in yeah. both of them in four games. Um, but the best he did in the playoffs was sixteen, seventeen, where he played sixteen games, he had a two fifty nine, at a nine eighteen save percentage. It's not bad. 
not at all. Um, yeah, so but pro- so his again, best like year, earlier, he's yeah. only 26. He's still young relatively to goaltender standards. And if you're saying yeah. 26 is young, 26 is young. Technically speaking, he's two years older than us. Yeah. Um, but so looking at some of his best year, his best year really came in 2017, 2018. He started and played in all in, in 60 out of 82 games. He was 31, 18, and 7 with a 0.926 save percentage, a 2.43 save, sorry, 2.43 goals against average, and four shutouts. That's nuts. So that was a tremendous year there for him. 16, 17 is pretty good, too. Yeah. So he, he really had some uh, some good years so far. Yeah. Um, and those were still. Here's the, the issue, the duck, though. Even though the Ducks were on the downward end of making the playoffs, they were still making the playoffs. Yeah. The struggle now is what how the Ducks kind of get back into it. And right. So looking at cap friendly Gibson, right now. Is John Gibson in the long term of that? And I would kind of hope. What, and that's what got us thinking of it. And kind of right. we'll this into our next topic as well. So John Gibson is locked up at least until 2025, 2026, yeah. uh, 6.4 mil AAV. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed it in so, 2018, so the team obviously wants what like to they, again, again, it's no secret. If I and if we were all in Anaheim shoes, we would want John Gibson as well to mm-hmm. stay in that city. That he is their go-to guy. Um, the problem is, though, they don't have a very good team in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in a – I don't even know how to describe their rebuild. It's a very interesting but almost – it's a tough rebuild the, for them. Just to start of a rebuild. They got rid of Kasha this, at the trade deadline. Yes, they got rid of Andre Kasha to Boston. For a um, pick, which is great. So now they have two first yeah. round picks. Their first round should be at the very least, I think, the top five. Well, so so again, top um, six. even even without that, with a draft that's already supposed to be kind of above average. So, so no matter what, they are going to end up with the top seven pick. Yeah, because of the whole draft lottery and plus twenty fourteen playoff thing, they are one of the seven teams that did not make that mm-hmm. cut. The um, one good thing I will say is. Mm-hmm. Their defense is, I will say, is pretty good, and they're still young. Yes. The oldest the, defenseman. Is Matt Irwin surprising, 32? No, he's – yeah, Matt Irwin, sorry. Yeah. And surprisingly, Michael Dozado is only 29. Yeah. Feels like he's um, – The average – so so um, their best defenseman, Hampus Lindholm, Kim Fowler, one guy who is – Josh Manson, one guy who's pretty young, who I like a lot. He was in Washington, and the Ducks got him at the deadline. Christian Juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only 25. He's locked up until 2021, 2022, where he's in RFA that year. Um, Another thing that's great for Gibson is having Brian Miller as a backup. Yes. That's so that's going to help him learn off tremendously him. down the line. Even though Miller's um, 39, he's not going to have much yeah. left. So looking at the team, though, for like what's in front of Gibson, you have an aging Ryan Getzlaff who has an still aging has and always hurt Ryan Kessler. Yes, who is was on the IR, um, mm-hmm. and you still, still have him in 
He doesn't. He's not a UFA until 2022-2023. You have Brunson and Eves, another old one. Most of yeah. them forwards, even though you got a couple young guys in there, they're late 20s, early 30s. Some yeah. of them. So they're 30s. best players that can still produce. Adam Henrique, um, Silverberg. Henrique, Silverberg, Ricardo Raquel, Dan Heinen. trade with Boston. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I do like is they have a few of their young guys up. They have Max Jones and Sam Steele. Those, those guys, they're both 22. Uh, I'm still waiting for Maxime Contois to, uh, to come to the NHL to, uh, to get mm-hmm. called up. Uh, he's going to make a huge difference for them. And I could have sworn there's one other young stud in Anaheim prospect-wise that they have. Um, I can't think of the name of but So if you're Anaheim, what are you doing in any case to really help keep John Gibson happy to keep him there in Anaheim? Anthony Stolars. Stoli the goalie. Because he's, he's probably going to be the backup to Yeah. No, absolutely, because they got him. Um, I believe a deadline. Free free agency, I thought. I thought Edmonton picked him up for uh, Calgary. Well, no, so 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 Edmonton got Stolers for Cam Talbot when they traded him to Philly. And oh yeah, you're right. You're right. He's on two years with Anaheim. Yeah. So he's currently in the AHL right now. Mm-hmm. He still ha- he his contract expires two thousand twenty one two thousand twenty two. Um, he's an, I still think he's just an okay goalie. He's just yeah. He's at best at this point to back up anyway. So. Right. And he uh, hopes if he, he's twenty six, he's the same age as uh, John Gibson. Yeah. Any kind of hope of him being an NHL starter isn't there. He is a yeah. backup at best. Yeah, but Sorry, again, Anthony. still. Yeah, still, it, it's nice to have just a good enough, reliable backup, though. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Uh, Sorry, Michael. I was getting a phone call in the middle of it. I, I saw like out of nowhere in the corner of my because my headphones are connected to uh, my laptop. Mm-hmm. I just started hearing my phone ring. I'm like, who's calling me? <laughs> anyway, Light- sorry about that. Michael Layton had. Didn't play great in the NHL, but he had a great AHL career. He did. He had a phenomenal AHL career. He played in the Stanley Cup. Yep. And he did. He helped us uh, take down Boston. Yep. So it's not saying he won't have chances. That's why I bring on Michael Layton. And if it is an AHL career, it's not the worst thing either, I don't think. That's not what you obviously. It's not what you. Right, would wait, do you mean? St- st- are you talking about st- stores for an HL career or? Yeah, okay. if that's what it ends up being for him. Gotcha. Again, he's twenty six. You kind of understand at this point what kind of goalie he's gonna be. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He has a anyway, so really so, backup, if, if so you're if you're the GM of the Anyways. Anaheim Ducks in uh, Bob Murray. What do you do with John Gibson? So again, you want to keep him happy, and I'd, I'd keep him. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's a no, real, it's a privilege again, to get a goalie like that and to try to then replace him. Right. Okay, got, again, I feel like that's the hard. That's, keep him, but what do you do to help him? You know, stay happy in him because obviously he's. You know, they they haven't had 
much. I mean, they've had some success while he's there, but they've only really at his uh, best year. Their hope is the Pacific sucks. Yeah. The West isn't great. Yeah. You hope that you're like the Flyers rebuild where you might be close a couple times, but you also kind of hope that you get kind of high up in the draft or they, they are along the way where you get or acquire the right people, the right spots. You have the right scouts with you to get players. All the Flyers right. guys that they have right now aren't all first rounders. No. Use what you have. Use what you're able to get out of it. Um, yeah, for sure. You have two first round picks, and then you have a second, a third, and a fourth. Yeah, so they're going to get, again, they're going to have a top seven pick with that first one. And I believe the NHL draft lottery is at least in uh, the next they 10 the days. The Predators traded to the Ducks, but they traded the Flyers for uh, Hartman, I believe. Say that again? The Ducks' fourth-round pick is the Predators. Oh, nice. That was the pick that they got from the Flyers for oh, uh, that's Hartman. I just see that because the Flyers are mentioned in it, and that's the only trade I can think of that the Flyers Yeah, because so, the Flyers – Or maybe it was Simmons. Yeah, so so because that fourth conditional fourth round pick that the so it was Simmons to Nashville for Hartman in 2020 conditional fourth rounder, which would have turned into a third if Nashville wins one round, which they did not. So conditions not met, the Flyers received a 2020 fourth round pick. Oh, so do you know what Nashville? They, yep. That that was from the um the Derek Grant trade. Oh yeah. Because the Flyers got Grant, and they traded Kyle Criscolo and the conditional fourth-round pick. Another or, Well, n- technically now fourth-round pick. And also, just a quick, you can probably put Don Sweeney possibly in there, too, for GM. Yeah. Um, but Andre Kasha, that some of these things that these guys have to, GMs have to do when they're trying to rebuild is kind of gets rid of some of these guys that are already kind of well-known that you can kind of get some stuff for. Andre mm-hmm. Kasha was one of those guys that drew the short straw that got dealt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sake, for the Flyers' sake, the Flyers kind of got lucky in the trades they made with Jeff Carter for Jeff Carter and Mike Richards. That's kind yeah. of what started off a bit. They got a chunk of cherry out of it. They had Braden Shen. They, yeah, they had Braden Shen for a while, but they traded him away. And that turned into Joel Farabee and Morgan Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, you just hope. Yeah. It's just what you have to hope for is that what you get in return is great. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And, uh, again, it, it's to, never. That I think the thing that they're going to have to focus on now is just offensively, third forwards, defensively. Right. You're set. You don't have to worry. Yeah, I'd still probably draft. I would draft. It, it, it won't hurt, probably, but for the most part, I'm sticking forwards just because your forwards, even though you got a couple young guys in there, majority of them are older. And yeah. so here's for a team like Anaheim or those teams that are so close to the cap and everything where they either have to do a cap dump or whatever, there's not much they can do. It's going this route and drafting people, uh, signing or bringing in David Pasternak just because. 
you kind of have to suck it up and sign a, sign a guy. <laughs> you bring a guy in like a Dale Weiss or someone like that. You don't really like who isn't really great anymore, but unfortunately, it's part of the move. And mm. You just hope it's for the better. You hope no, you for have, sure. You hope a guy have a guy like Ron Hextold and a uh, Paul Holmgren. Not that a Paul Holmgren is a bad team to want because Paul Holmgren more so wanted to go for it all. He tried it, right. didn't work. He, uh, Hextall went a different way. Was league. patient. Yeah. And now we see what Fletcher does with his tenure. Yes. Um, or the other slow, thing but I, we'll see it down the road. Right. Uh, the other thing I will say when it comes to Anaheim. So the, the first 10 picks probably, mm-hmm. I give it seven or eight of them will be forwards. It's it's that pretty stacked with forwards. That helps them. And then that helps them because they, they need, with that first pick and the seventh overall pick at a minimum, they mm-hmm. need a forward. They could get they could get somehow first overall pick. Who knows? But again, no matter where they pick, they need to draft a forward. Now, with that second pick, it's going to be a much higher Last pick. Last year, they... Uh, just for a quick, uh, last year mm-hmm. they had the ninth overall pick and tre- uh, uh, picked Trevor Zegris. Yes, Zegris, that guy is going to be. Oh my gosh, he, he's he's going to be something special. So they they do have an elite mm-hmm. prospect there. Just saying, he could they time to get another one. They could have gotten Cole Caulfield. Then again, a lot of other teams could. Matthew Boldy. Boldy, yep. Mm-hmm. Solid pick. Um, so I, no, I definitely will say that uh, with their first pick, they need to go forward. Second pick in the first round, it could be – it's going to be 20-plus uh, most likely because it's Boston's pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that one, I would still probably go forward. If not – unless there's a defenseman you really like out there, I'd go forward. Because, again, they're, they're aging – in their although their age is yeah their age is just a little bit older in uh forwards than it is defensemen i would still go two forwards yeah and also this too they got rid of they bought out perry they bought they out did perry. and that was big um again gets love he these are tough decisions and i'm they, sure again, perry thought he was going to finish his career in anaheim a lot of people thought he was going to finish mm-hmm. out in anaheim um but you know they they made a smart move. Um, not only that, but he's does not make a lot of smart decisions while on the ice. So he probably cost the team as well, not just money wise, but just penalty wise, and co- helps cost some games. Um, he, he's he, he doesn't there, have. He was there when they won the cup. He's going to be remembered yeah. in Anaheim. Oh, for sure, absolutely. With Getzlov. Nope, Getzlov. He's, he's got one more year. Uh, after honestly, Getzlov is going to have his number retired most likely. Mm-hmm. But even without uh, those guys, your two leaders are going to be Sofferberg and Henrique. Yeah. At least forward-wise. Right. Um, so that's Because the hardest yeah. part in a rebuild is trying to find a solid goaltender. You have that. Yes. You if have I'm, the goaltender. If I'm you, even though you could probably get a decent amount for him, it's just going to cost a lot for the other team to pick up yeah. Gibson. I'd keep Gibson. No, absolutely. And, I, again, I feel like you have to. Mm-hmm. So – all right. Your, um, your way of pitching to keep him happy 
is just kind of we'll try our best here to make it work. There you go. Even though we're going to be part rebuild, maybe we can with the pieces we still have with a pretty good defensive team. Maybe they can, if they aren't already, kind of shifting towards a defensive oriented kind of system where it benefits him more and the team more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just look at the Islanders or the Blue Jackets. Both teams pretty defensively oriented. Oriented teams, not great. You could argue stellar players, great stellar offensive players. Obviously, you have a couple guys in there, but overall, I'm saying the older, well-known guys. But Mm -hmm. they're still there just because of that. That would be my kind of pitch to him is that maybe we can be potentially down the road. Uh, A Islanders or a Blue Jackets kind of team. Helps you're playing in the Pacific. That's a big help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, it's so going to be hard because even Connor McDavid, uh, at the end of last season, he wasn't even happy, and he almost kind of gave him an ultimatum to be like, "Yeah, can you help? You have to make a move here, Ron. I, I want to. <laughs> you help. have to help me out here. Yeah, I can't do it all by myself. Yeah. Uh, but let's go. So let, let's move on to our second and last topic. Uh, it was the poll of the day from mm-hmm. Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. They tweeted out. Um, earlier this morning and so the question was mike what is the most important commodity in today's nhl a franchise goalie b top line center c a stud defenseman or d a successful head coach so (laughs) or d all the above obviously it's d but uh or i mean i always go um yeah but um yeah, no, so I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this first. Uh, I know we have different opinions on this. Um, I want to hear on what I'm gonna your option st- was and why you chose it. I'm going to stick with goaltender first just because – just a transition over from Gibson over. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just because of – like I said, it's a huge commodity. It's huge or very rare to find a goaltender like a John Gibson uh, – franchise goalie even like a Carter Hart type or Christian Dari Matt Murray it's hard to find these goalies and hope they pan out because goalies take a while to you know develop and come to you don't always have a uh, 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 flurry yeah who just I don't even think he was ever in the minors yeah he started right away so yeah you, he struggled, you don't see th- but he, he's yeah. still there. Even Carey Price, he was – I don't think he started right away for no, Montreal. Um, I have to check his stats real quick. I don't know. But, no, Price, he, 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 uh, he struggled a lot, and fans were even – I know, he started, for, he started right away. Yeah. I guess not. When was he drafted? Uh, he was drafted – Yeah, 05. Okay, yeah, he did spend a couple of years in the uh, juniors before coming over to the mm-hmm. East. But still, his first still year no, was 07, 08. Okay, there you go. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but so you're you're saying are 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 you? I'm saying not saying you that. I'm just, that was my kind of oh, thing. Oh, oh, for, or you're you're help making an argument for goalie. Yes, you'll make okay. it more because I believe that is what yours was. Yeah. So um, again, but mine um, is yeah. mine. And for I've always thought this too is a center, mm-hmm. top line center that you can build around. Very, very important. 
because that's where your rebuild can start forward wise. Like I was just saying how uh, defense, it can work trying to be a little more defensive if your defense works there, but it's it's easier to build around a center than I, I feel like than any of these other ones. Like I said, goaltenders take a little while. Mm-hmm. Defensemen, even though it can be great, even with that, you can only do so much with being just a star defenseman just because there's so much else out there and you're only out there for so long. But yeah. if you're a first-line center, like you're not – obviously you're not going to always find a Connor McDavid – Next Wayne Gretzky, yeah, Sidney yeah. Cosby type player out there, but yeah. you might find a Leon Draisaitl. Leon Draisaitl, even though he's behind in McDavid's shoes, he's still a great center. He's still oh a center. God, he yeah. He's around. phenomenal. Even Ryan Hopkins, he's their third center or winger. And that's not a bad third line center. No, he can. You can potentially build around him. The yeah. Flyers are, you know, when they drafted Sean Couturier. He was the guy that they're going to try to build around. They still have Claude Giroux, but he's still the future. Trunk Trey is only 27. Jack Eichel, like we just said. Uh, Austin, Austin Matthews. Uh, Steven Stamkos. Brayden Point. Brayden Point. These, these are centers that you can build around. It takes a while, just again. Alex DeBrinkett. Ask uh, McDavid or Eichel. It's not going to be right away, but it's a starting point. Even, right, and, and again, I, I don't think I don't think you can. Even uh, the Islanders, again. Matthew Barzell is a great, actually, a great kind of person I could point out to this because he was drafted sixteenth yes. overall, and one of the best, in my opinion, I think it is the best draft. Um, it's still yet to be determined how these players do, but I think is that the twenty fifteen or yeah, the twenty fifteen? Yeah. Dude, that but is hands down the best draft. At 16, he is someone they can build around. He's easily someone they can build around. And he's already done it. Didn't he win the Calder his rookie year? He did. He he won the Calder. Again, um, I, I do think that it, it is uh, – so to help support the idea of, of picking a top-line center to, to you know build a franchise and everything, or the most important part mm-hmm. or an aspect of an NHL team – you know, you could certainly argue a, a top on center because again, there's uh, it, uh, that center helps build. Uh, how, how the, he helps with all the chemistry there mm-hmm. in uh, the, the basically like the the glue of the team is again it's a it's a group thing as opposed to any one individual or position. So if you're a top line center, you have your line mates. If you are, you know, a stud defenseman you have your defense partner you know you have at least one if not two other guys with you um to really build that chemistry and to really here's here's the other thing too make your mark i think it's key if you are that the center you get is somewhat at least two-way he doesn't have to start he can you know later on become that but it's fine, like, if you go and get an Austin Matthews who's great offensively. Um, but I yeah. think it's also key for them to have some defensive prowess or at least work on it to become when they are that face of the franchise, face of the uh, team or whatever, as mm-hmm. someone who can 
go both ways because that would then, as you're building around, that's going to fall on their shoulders is then being right. able to be a whole 200-foot player. Yeah. Um, all right. So next like up Chunk is Chunk Atari, uh, Actually, yeah. before you get to that, Chunk yeah, yeah, yeah. is a great, a great part of that. Chunk Aturia, we knew beforehand his kind of two-way ability of more. Mm-hmm. And as he first went to the Flyers, was more defensively used. Uh, his offensive game wasn't really there. And now look at him. He, I am officially saying he's a complete saying, player. He's a complete player. He is an elite centerman, first-line centerman. He is not second line. No. You'd have to be crazy to put Coots on your second line. Mm-hmm. Granted, Unless you're Team Canada. Yeah. Or it's Claude Drew. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's I, – I don't – I wouldn't – be, I want to hate it if Claude Drew was the one that overtakes him. But no. Anyways, Jeff. So third is uh, the stud defenseman. This one I get, but at mm-hmm. the same time, though, I feel like it's the stud defenseman is probably the hardest one to build around. Yeah, it is. So again, if you have someone like Eric Carlson, like again, imagine like uh, when Eric Carlson came in the league. He was he was a small guy, like very very small. But then he grew, he got bigger, he got stronger. He became basically what we're talking about here, essentially a franchise defenseman. And Ottawa took advantage of that. They were able to use him as that core piece. And look at their magical run one, 2017. Yeah, he was. He he, he helped lead to it. the conference finals on one leg. Yeah. Imagine if he was completely healthy. I think that Ottawa would, would have went to the cup. Potentially even winning it. No. Potentially. And now but again, though, right, and, now, and now they're a dumpster fire. Um, but the point is, though, is, again, it's very hard to really build around a defenseman. Even some of the best defensive courts out there. The reason why it's you hard don't is- really build around one defenseman. You build around almost a whole defensive core. If you're building around a defenseman, you hope that you're – forward or your center whoever is on your forward line is at least maybe in their prime or maybe at near the end of the prime but they can still give you a couple years so you can find the forward or whoever your defensive partner is if it's a veteran guy who can help teach him mentor him whatever kind of like a backup goalie can be to a a young uh, an experienced goalie kind of thing but it is one of the hardest ones to be able to develop against because it's like what do you then do once you have it is it then do you go for his deep pair do you keep going your the defensive route where you just keep going demon so that kind of pans out so your next couple years you're going to be a little more defensive than you are offensive or do you then go, okay, we got the D-man, let's go forward next. Let's see centerman. Let's right. do that. Let's try goalie, whatever. <laughs> I guess that's where the question mark is. Where If you're a centerman, it's kind of easier because it's like, okay, you can try to build a line, lineage with them, try to get a second center in there just because mm-hmm. a one-two punch kind of thing. Yeah, but exactly. Worked flawlessly in the – 09 to 19, really, and that kind of uh, decade in the NHL, just like mm-hmm. the uh, Blackhawks. 
one yeah. three. Yeah, Kane and Chase and Kane. Uh, Malkin, Crosby. Nope. Like it helps if you have a one-two duo, so you can go that route. That yeah, really did really lethal hard. one-two punch. Yeah. The hard part with the demons, like, what do you go after that? Like, where do you then go when you're in your rebuild? I, I think the easy answer with that would be just build up the deep part and let the forwards come later, mm-hmm. or at least sign guys that you hope can fill in the holes for your forwards. Yeah, um, I I do think what that do think the defensive, that? the the stud defenseman, according to this mm-hmm. poll, I, I think that is a very tough one to really build a team around because mm-hmm. there's not the too GM, many. Like if you're the GM of that, like what do you do? Like what is your first then thinking of that? Right. Um. So like the so, Flyers got lucky because they kind of have they kind of have a little bit of each of these kind of categories: Carter Hart, yeah. Ivan Provorov. Sean Couturier, just as throw a couple of names out there, but yes. Um, but look at Ivan Provorov. Like it's it took him a little while to actually get into the league, but it, it did. Um because well, I mean, well no, um it, it only took him one season at uh one, if not two at most, when he was at Brandon Wheat for the Wheat yeah, Kings. It was just and then one year. I think it was just, it was one, just year. one year, and then both him and Konechny came to mm-hmm. the Flyers. Prorov had some struggles for sure, but he's yeah, grown tremendously yeah. as a defenseman. Eventually you're gonna become one of those elite defensemen. He already does elite defenseman minutes. Yeah, seriously. Or it's once not. elite defenseman minutes. Um, he probably, right, so, I can probably easily say he probably trains more than any other oh yeah. flyer out there. Oh, yeah. Does Absolutely. a lot more, puts a lot when it does go right on his shoulders. Look at the last time the flyers in the playoffs. He takes a lot of blame for that for some reason. Yep. Took a lot of blame for that, I should say. Like those are the type of players you want. Like those right. kind of mentalities. If you can find that mentality, then everything else should eventually become easy because then you at least have a leader. You have a leader mm-hmm. in the locker room that is proven to be a leader in the locker room. He doesn't have an A yet or a C, but it's coming for Provorov. Or that type of player. I guess that's what I'm saying. That's a key in finding each of these kind of things. Is can they spark leadership in teams can they when a player's struggling can they get them going again mm. uh can they get veterans to buy in if it's a coach uh how quickly they if it is a coach how quickly they can buy into the system uh goaltender how quickly do you uh mm-hmm. build chemistry with everyone with your uh other goaltenders on the team uh, do you have a, do you, are you good with taking at first having to be the, the backup role before becoming like a tangent and then eventually taking the taking over the whole number one goaltender like it's a whole thing and if you're able to be the leader in the locker room I think that's key for building your franchise yeah absolutely um, I, I really think that Cause not only because not only does that show is that you can show up in the season it's hopefully mm-hmm. that you can show up in the playoffs as to when you eventually get there 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I parts. think, sure. And I think you all make great points there, Mike. And um, again, I, I think that for the defensemen and the goalies and the forwards, you, you can kind of, out of those three categories, you could go either forward uh, goalie defenseman or goalie forward defenseman. It, it's, it's, uh, I think no matter what defenseman kind of comes last in that tier. Yeah. But uh, just, just because I think it's the most difficult to really build around. But so the last one on the poll here is a successful head coach. Um, and, and we, I, I think it does make a big difference to really have a, a head coach who is successful, who, who is that uh, voice in the locker room? Because, you know, we've seen it. We, we've you seen also it. have we've... to have a coach that's okay with not getting there. Right. Because, uh, again, look at uh, – Actually develop players well enough and everything. Just look at Quinville. That was yeah. a while there where the Blackhawks were struggling, and then they were dominant. They yeah, were the no, absolutely. Uh, but, no, look at, for example, Dave Haxall and the Flyers. They had a pretty decent team, but they did not have a successful head coach. And look how poorly everything played out on the ice. On paper, they had a playoff down team. But in reality, like two out of the three years, it was crap. So it, it it's it is tough. But um so I, I think that and again, look at like you said, Joel Quinville, look at when he was there, mm-hmm. Daryl Sutter, uh in LA. Um, Mike Sullivan back to back years in Pittsburgh, you know. Um, so I, I think there is a lot that goes into the um, to the or successful Tocket, head coach. Tocket took over. Tocket. Oh my quickly. god! Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while Tocket. there, it was always like, oh, it's Arizona. Yeah. Easy. They're not going to make the playoffs. It's Arizona. Come on. But then Tocket got there. It's like, okay, now they're a team. Yeah. Rob Brendan. So again, I think that Brendan Moore, yep. Craig Berube. Yeah, he didn't start out great, but look uh, what he's doing out with uh, yeah. St. Louis now. Yeah. Um, but again, so I, I think the coach is a tough one as well. Um, it's tough, but I, if you get a guy I, who's... I think I would rather put coach last, to be honest, over them all because look, uh, again, <laughs> I, I hate, you know, Kind of keep bringing up, up put, the team, but again, look at the Flyers because they they had you know good players all around. They were just missing coach, and then they bring in Elaine Vigneault, and look at what they are doing this year. Look what they did was when they had Pierre Laviolette. Look when they even John Stevens, you could argue, yeah. you know, get them to the conference finals in two thousand eight. Yep, uh, Ken Hitchcock. So. Uh, but so right now, um, let's take a look at uh, that poll uh, results so far. There's 16 hours left uh, in the poll, 821 votes so far. The current update is um, no surprise here. Uh, last is the successful head coach, 6.5%, 17.9% the stud defenseman. This one might surprise you a bit, 35.2% the top line center. And forty point four the percent is the franchise goalie. It doesn't surprise me that much just because it's so rare to find the goalie. So I get why right. people would say that's such a commodity yeah. to want. Yeah. Um, I do think with the goalie but, though, they have that, what that, the reason why I say centers I think, games. I think centers it's the quickest. I think they're the faster to be able to build yeah. around. 
Yeah. Uh, and still, then each one of these are at least three years before they're actually going to be able to be anything or able to yeah. get pieces to be start to, or at least where you're able to see the improvements. This is where the, the uh, Red Wings are right now, where the Senators are, but again, they're a train fire. So I don't know if they're ever going to fall. I don't know if they're ever going to come out of the basement. But I do think that um, even LA, could, LA is in yeah. a similar situation what uh, Anaheim is. And I feel like in a way they're actually kind of in a better spot and rebuilding than Anaheim is. Yeah, you could argue for sure. And Buffalo, um, on the other hand, I think has kind of struggled with trying to build around Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. The, so far, and also Winnipeg with Patrick Alina in a way. Wingers are hard. Wingers are another hard one to put around. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah. All right. So, last but not least, we have the ranking of the, we'll go, what, 15, 16 goalies 15. in the 2015 2014 playoff. So, um, we there was beat writers that ranked them the, themselves. I don't know how you feel about this list as a whole. So we we will start. Um, we'll, just, we'll mention yeah. all sixteen names that they have, but we're only going to do fifteen. So mm-hmm. sixteen: Robin Leonard, fifteen: Bobrovsky, fourteen: Darcy Kemper. That's a surprise right there. Um, to some, probably thirteen: Jacob Markstrom, twelve: Elvis Merzlinskins, uh, eleven: Tristan Jari, ten: Kadaha. And uh, let's see here, nine, Braden Holpe, eight, Freddie Anderson, seven, Marc-Andre Fleury, six, Carey Price, five, Ben Bishop. This one bugs me, four, Jordan Bennington. Uh, three, really, yeah. Connor Halbuck, two, Andre Veselovsky, and number one, two, Garask. Yeah, everyone really praises Bennington. Again, really I don't have year. a problem with Jordan, Jordan Bennington. But I have a problem with people giving him too much praise when he hadn't even had a full season under his belt. And now he technically doesn't even have two full seasons under his belt. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sure, I know goalies don't play all 82 games. But still, if you if you are a true starting goalie and you don't play, what, 50, 60 games, then you could argue, it's like, all right, hold on. So it, you know, I think it's great that he won the Cup. Uh, his rookie year, as, uh, and I think it's phenomenal. I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, clearly didn't des- didn't win the rookie of the the Calder Trophy because I went to Lars Pedersen, who rightfully deserved that. Um, he didn't win Con Smythe because of that went to O'Reilly. Again, you could argue here and there, but really, by the end of the day, if you look at it, O'Reilly did, was more important piece than uh, Bennington was there. Bennington had big moments, but not nearly as big as O'Reilly. Um, so oh, starting who's not on here that would put an honorable mention on. Yeah, he's not in the top sixteen, but even after that, they do some. Uh, like yeah, because they do mentions. like other receiving. Yeah, honorable mentions basically. But the one person uh, that's not on there, that I I could realistically, even though he's not the same, um, Hank. Yeah, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, he could um, he, he could easily take over a. If it's a, only a couple of games, they don't even have him as an honorable mention. Yeah, that's on why there. I said that's why I said he's missing. 
Wow, that's crazy. They have Shesterkin over him. I don't mind it. They have three good goalies that they could go with. They do. Realistically. Um, but I'm just saying, he's not on here, and I don't think you can throw him out there because if you're saying in a five-game series, I could see Hank a couple months off if he can get right right away, and he's most likely yeah. waiting because he's in Sweden. Um, yeah. I could see him taking over a series, sure. Three games? No, for sure. sure. Um, Take three games. They are they are playing the Carolina Hurricanes in that first. Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, so that's we'll see what happens. Not but, that I think he's going to start, but I'm just saying I don't see why you'd want to put him out there. I'm not putting him in my top 15 either. I'm just saying he's – Yeah, no, for sure. It's Hank. Um, you can't – I don't think you just throw away Hank. No, you can't. You really can't. You can so have, I'm going to go 15. No, why don't throw um, away Hank? Because of the 2013 uh, Devils. Didn't the Devils team still have uh, – Bordeaux. 2012 Devils, yeah. 2012, whatever. They saw Bordeaux, right? They did. And he, he played older. great. He was older. He played great. Exactly. Even though he hasn't played that well, Hank, no reason why I want to throw, I want to completely toss him out of it. No. Nope. Not to keep throwing him out there, but. I'm just... um, all right. So who do you have at number 15? Um, I'll put it this Markstrom. way. I'm not Markstrom. Yeah, I, I was going to say Markstrom because not only – so he is – he's 23-16 and four in 43 games, 2.75 goals against average, two shutouts, 0.918 save percentage. He has played – 272 regular season games, but not in a Stanley Cup playoff game yet, which is fine because, again, he at least has experience in the regular season. He's played more than 70 games, 100 games, or whatever you want to say. So that's why I'm putting him over guys like oh, so and this is likely my list is going to look similar to the list 15, 16 they have. It's just going to be a little reordered so here's my thing though is would you have someone like elvis or bennington on this list yeah just okay and again that's for be so although they have barely any nhl experience you would still have them on, on this list though i would yeah okay and that's fair so so there's more the start there. they're gonna be the starters it's not really that's true yeah so so uh, Mark unless it's Corpusella, because I'm pretty sure Corpusella did better than Elvis, but near the end, I, I was so. playing. Well. Um, who do you have at 14? Bennington. Bennington. I, 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 uh, I, I think I, I would have to go Elvis at 14. Actually, yeah, I'm changing that. Elvis, sorry. Yeah, I forgot about Elvis for a second. Um, yeah, he only Elvis played 33 games, uh, five shutouts, which is great. 13, 9, and 8, 2.35 goals against average, 0.923 save percentage. Uh, in his first, oof. But if he gets him early, I have noticed he does have a bit of a temper. That's yeah, I, I absolutely. seen that personally in the one Flyers game against Columbus <laughs> earlier in the season. Even though yeah. five shutouts is impressive. It is, and as a rookie. All right, so number 
Um, 13. 13. I'm going to go Trish and Jari. Yeah, I'm going to go Jari too. Jari's uh, 33 games, 2012 and 1, 2.43 goals against average, 0.921 save percentage, three shutouts. Um, he's the same number of wins as Matt Murray does. Even though Jari started in set 31 games, um, he has started in seven fewer than Murray. And also, which I didn't even know this, Jari was the third goalie when the Penguins won the Cup in 2017. Okay. But uh, so, so I think that Jari is there at 13 or 12, Jordan Bennington. Um, again, I have nothing against the guy. I just think that he gets way too much praise um, for yeah. in such a short career so far. Again, I wish him all the best and everything. I think he's a good goalie. We're on the same one on that one. Yeah, but they're giving him a little too much praise. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. I'm, uh, it, it's, it sucks. Again, not trying to be biased or anything like that because we got a young goalie in Carter Hart and everything. But, yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we're, we're who do you have at eleven there, Mike? Robin. Uh... This is a tough one. Carter Hart. Okay. Yeah, I think, again, not trying to be biased or anything, but but uh, I think it, as much as I would love to have him in top 10. He's not top 10 right now. Exactly. I, I don't think right now he's top 10. So, Not his first full season as a starter. You right. can't say he's putting up thing. some solid numbers. You can't say one thing about Bennington and then do his exact uh, – Exactly. Different than with Carter Hart because he's pretty much on the same path. Came so, almost, so Hart, he has played in 43 time. games, yeah. uh, 24-13-3, 2.42 goals against average, 0.914 save percentage, one shutout in his first full season, 21-year-old. He was sixth in the goals against average, tied for ninth in wins, Mongols to play at least in 30. He allowed two or fewer goals in 25 of his 40 starts. So that that is impressive there. Yeah, it is. All right. Um, ten. Ten. I'm gonna go. I'm going with Kemper. So this is our first disagreement here, and I know probably you here will will give me some flack for it, but uh, I think this year he'll do better, Sergey Bobrovsky. So I have Bob at ten. Again, I, I know he hasn't Bob been. At nine, the, so I, I don't know why I'd freak out that much. So. <laughs> well, no, no, I meant because just because of like look at what he's he hasn't really done in the playoffs before. You know, he's you know last year really was his first year winning a playoff series. Yeah. So I, it was, I don't know. and he was a pretty much kind of a good reason why he did, and maybe some time off, and then coming in here, maybe that'll help him. Yeah. 
That's, so again, I don't. It's going to be a little bit until these goalies get yeah going again. It's like the start of the season. None of these goalies are going to be great off the start. We're out the bat. So some like the Flyers could take advantage and eventually possibly get first. Uh, be first in the ranking or whatever out of mm-hmm. the, the uh, four teams that they're playing just because goaltending-wise, you don't know where you're going to get. I can't throw them out as like I can't throw the Capitals or uh, Bruins or Lightning out of it just because you don't know what you're going to get out of your goaltenders. It depends who comes out or who gets acclimated quicker. Mm-hmm. I think Bobrovsky could could get it. That's why he is my nine. Jeffrey, who is your nine? Um, Frederick Anderson. Okay. He, he, he's had, uh, again, like Bobrovsky, hasn't had the best playoffs and everything, but, you know, he's so career playoff stats, 48 games, 25-20, shutouts, .914 save percentage, 2.63 goals against average, decent numbers, regular season 29-13-7, 2.85 goals against average, .909 save percentage, three shutouts. He's not my again, favorite goal to go with, but some of the other goals again, I would love to go. Here's another one that could potentially take advantage of the time off. Exactly. Because so, so every other playoffs, off, he's yeah. had to been on his head for most of the season. So he's, you can argue he's kind of tired. You don't want to say it because, yeah. you know, people hate it if you're saying, oh, he was tired. Yeah. But it happens if you're on your head for most of the year. But no, for sure. Maybe some time off and he comes in. Maybe. I can't write it off, like I just said. <laughs> um, eight. No, it, My eight is going to be. Yeah, Freddie Anderson, too. Okay, Freddie go. Anderson, eight. I was debating him and Hopi, but I think Hopi's going to be my seven. I'm going to go Flurry seven. Flurry seven, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Flurry, he's 78, 62 in 142 games, 2.59 goals against average from playoffs. 0.911 save percentage, 15 shutoffs. So he has a lot of shutoffs in the playoffs. Um, I just, I just like Holtby just a little bit better, uh, at least in this year's playoffs than than Flurry. I think the one of the reasons is is Flurry. Uh, again, obviously everyone's getting a big time rest or anything, but I I, I think Flurry just did a lot this year and when I mean a lot I mean a lot look what he stood on his head all year long for Vegas fighting every inch to help them fight back into the playoff spot and everything this is my thing for uh, why I don't have uh, Hopi higher he mm. struggled this year Not the same. and that's fair yeah he wasn't the same Hopi and Realistically, I'm not that high on Hopi to begin with because I don't think he's that great. I think a lot of people give him praise because a lot of his reasons for winning the Vesna or whatever was because wins, not necessarily his stat stats. 
That's fair. So for those reasons, I put him a little lower. Okay. Because wins, even though goalies do play some hand in that, there's other guys that help you get those wins. And when you're on the Capitals, so we're so I guess clearly you don't. Oh, have I'm at eight. I have hope you at eight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just went ahead of you. Sorry, you're on. Yeah, but you know, Hopi was my eight. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, hold on. He was my seven. Anderson was my eight. Hopi was your eight, and then we're on seven. Right? No, Hopi my Hopi's my seven. Sorry. Hopi's your Frederick. I was the same as this as Frederick Anderson was my eight. Sorry, I got you. So so here. Uh, sorry. So okay. So basically, we're gonna flip flop. So hope he's your seventh, Flurry's mine, and then I'm assuming Flurry's your sixth, and no. hope he's he's not. Okay. Well, never mind. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're on seven though. But all right, we are, we are on seven. Yeah. My right. seven is Hopi. Okay. What was your uh, your seven was uh, flurry right? Yeah. So your that's where yours is the same one here. Okay. Okay. My six. Is uh, going to be the same as this as well. Uh, Carey Price. There you go. He's a great goaltender. He's not as great as he. He's fallen off a bit this year. Um, not that yeah. I don't think he could easily, like, like I said with Hunk, uh, uh, Lundquist, I think he could, he could take three games easily. Mm-hmm. It's a great price. He, yeah. Again, goalies, especially franchise goalies, like Price, they steal games. Mm-hmm. Um. So then sixth, I would have Holtby. Okay. Um. That leaves us to five. That is flurry uh, for me. There you go. Nice. So five for me. And I say um, that because I think flurry outside of there, there was a struggles there in the early like yeah up until like the cup runs or whatever and the playoffs for the Penguins and he struggles obviously twenty twelve or whatever when the Flyers uh, mm-hmm. beat them he wasn't the best no. not putting him outside of that but since being in Vegas he's been pretty consistent. He's reamped up his think, career, really. I think if any of the goalies out here, I'll do a, a list, eh, maybe not a list, but some goalies I'll put out there when we're done this, who I think will yeah. be quicker at being, uh, getting used to things again. And I mm-hmm. think Flurry is going to be high up there. Okay, that's fair. That's because um, since being in Vegas, he's been that guy. He's been great. Yeah, he really has been. Um, Who's all right, your five. Uh, Ben Bishop. Okay. He is a good goalie. Another one who's been very consistent. Yes. And he's looked very good ever since going to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then last year, he was also a Vesna. He was a yeah, Vesna Trophy finalist. Deservingly so. And last year in the playoffs, he stood on his head for Dallas. He did He both. did. There was a one game where he made like 52 saves. Mm-hmm. I think that was game seven in double overtime. Yeah. He did great. Yeah. Um, all right. So who's your number five now? Oh, I just said it was Flurry. Ah, uh, that's right. Sorry about that. Headphones died. Yeah. 
write that uh, down. Uh, my number four is Ben Bishop. Okay. Uh, four for me is Carey Price. Um, you can't deny how good Price is, and I, I think he's done wonders for, for Montreal. And, um, again, he's the kind of guy that, that can win a playoff. Well, again, some, something as rare as this with the, the uh, round robin stuff, he's able to steal some games for you, especially on the road. We could do it. So here's where things get a little – interesting in the order so there's three goalies left we definitely haven't mentioned that are on nhl's list that i feel like should be and probably will be on our list um number three who do you have because i'm more likely to have connor hellbuck on on my list of three yeah that's what i have too okay um number two we really my, have th- my top three are the same as theirs. So okay, so uh, Hellbuck, Vasilevsky, and and Tuka. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I love. I can that. make an. I can easily make the argument for Vasilevsky first, then Tuka, but yeah, I think again, Tuka out of all these goalies is the most consistent, and yeah. I think will be the quickest to get going. Yeah, no, and that's fair. I think really it's gonna come down to, to Tampa and Boston's goaltending, that's going to really help them move to the next round if they are able to do that. Again, the second round is never a guarantee for any teams, no matter how great they are. They're never a guarantee. That's why we play the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that we're going to see some very good hockey this year uh, for playoff-wise, and it, it's going to be exciting. I'm glad that we are slowly but surely coming back. Um, I think that you know we're going to see some of the best playoff hockey we've had in quite some time uh but these goalies are going to be a big part of it and well, again it's each of them it's going to take them some time to get used to uh finding their groove again at first and not all of that once they're actually in the playoffs like pittsburgh who i don't think is going to lose their plan uh, and really got screwed out of the whole thing because they weren't that far off from philadelphia but Trish tristan jarry will be his first playoff appearance carter hart obviously elvis even though it's not playoffs uh markstrom no, no, sorry, he has. No, he hasn't. Yeah, Markstrom too. Uh, some of these guys will be their first time playing in the playoffs. You can make yeah, it and I'm curious to see how they handle the pressure. Robin Leonard too, just um, mm-hmm. honorable mention. He's their 16, but yeah, uh, you could put him in there too. Yes, uh, David Riddick should be his first time as well. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of guys that's going to be their first times just getting some playoff action. First yep. time in a while, Corey, Corey, uh, Corey Crawford. I think some of the older guys may take a little longer to get acclimated to it. And Corey Crawford would have to um, go up against uh, my get my thinking of who's going to win the heart and uh, uh, yeah. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it'll be a close series because the other def- defense is that great and goaltending's not yeah, really that great either fight. on the other side. Uh, but I think they're not going to be able to shut down both McDavid and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Drysdale. It's not the same uh, Blackhawks team that won th- those three cups. Even though most of the players are still there, I think uh, Seabrook won't be in it because I think he'll still be hurt. But you'll still have Duncan Keith. But it's yeah. not the, their defense still isn't great. It's Corey Crawford, I don't think has had that great of a year. Mm-mm. It's going to be interesting. 
No, again, absolutely. I think the two guys I think, and maybe you can put a third out there that I think will be the quickest at getting set up or getting going is Tuka. I think uh, Connor Hallibur could get going pretty quickly. Uh, like I said, Flurry because it's just how he is. Uh, surprisingly, I think uh, uh, Bobrovsky could be. Yeah. But I, I, I'd like to say Vasilevsky, but it's like the start of the year, and the start of the year for the Lightning, the Lightning struggled. They did. We we were all worried that, like, man, they might not make the playoffs. But that was also crazy. the same with Dallas and Vegas as well. Yeah. So we, we, we got to wait and see kind of thing, but we'll see what happens. It, it's exciting mm-hmm. times to be a hockey fan. And The real um, question would be who starts for the Rangers, because I don't know who's starting. I honestly – uh, I think it be it could be uh, Gorgiev, but Sturkin or uh, Hank. Hank. If you're so. if it's me, just because of uh, you know his career and everything and everything, yeah, Hank. who have it that has the most experience, I'd go Hank. But it's a three game series. Whoever out of camp and best of three. two. Uh, Sorry, best of five exhibition games. At least you have two goalies. You only be able to start two of them, but right. And those training camps and those expansion games, I'll probably have a better chance of knowing who's going to be their starter in that. And yeah, I, again, I can't throw away Hank. Yeah, you, you and really even if you can't, can't throw those other two goalies, I think if they're out there, it'd be they're also their first time mm-hmm. in a playoff type atmosphere. I'll say. Or experience. Even though it's not playoffs, they're still playing on a playoff-like series. Yes. Do or die. Yep. That's literally yep. what the playoffs are. Even if it's not called the playoffs, that's what it is. I think that's a good part to end it because that's kind of all we got today. Yeah. No. Uh, again, we we had a lot to cover, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we'll, we'll so certainly it's gonna be one of our longer ones. But yeah, uh, but definitely some good talking points today, and. And, uh, you know, touching on great points. And hopefully, like we said, uh, NHL will slowly but surely start getting back to normal. And uh, hopefully, they'll be able to It's true. Training camps open up in less than a month, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be great. So, fingers yeah, we'll crossed. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you tomorrow.